Hello and welcome back. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like trying to do that like little cheers thing. She has had two sips and is already doing some sort of handshake drinking thing Mm -hmm. with a mic. Mm -hmm. I'm one of your hosts. (laughs) (laughs) This is Chloe and Emma. Emma. (laughs) Hinges are coming off again. Episode three. Today we're going to talk about (laughs) what are we going to talk about today? Overcoming obstacles in the workplace. I have had, I might as well be a goddamn hurdle jumper. I've had so many obstacles. <laughs> hurdle jumper. You're an Olympian. I'm a gold medalist hurdle jumper. You give me a hurdle, I jump right through it. I jump right over but it, it took time to figure out. It I took bet, time to right? learn. Sometimes I would knock it down first. Sometimes I would go around it. Sometimes we would go under it. <laughs> we are women. <laughs> Who have been working for a while now, and we've... We're both founders. We're both founders, yes. And we've worked... Humble brag. (laughs) We have a little theme. (laughs) Um, We weren't always this way, though. No. We were sprightly, young spring chickens as kids who just had stars in their eyes. And, you know, I had to be knocked down a couple pegs. Oh, yeah. And... I climb my way back up, and now, <laughs> now I'm being, being told by our our podcast people that I like looking at myself. Apparently, <laughs> it's okay. We do. We just want to give you some advice on how to navigate some sticky situations that we found ourselves in when we were younger, and also recently, probably. Yeah. And to know that it's not going to be easy, but you just got to keep your eyes on the prize. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, shall we? When did you start working corporate? Oh, my God. I don't know. I guess – does a startup count as corporate? They're, like, two different lanes. I'm more of a startup girly. Yeah. I was 18. I think I kind of just mean a professional business, like, not a part-time job. I was 18. How about you? I started working corporate first day after high school uh, as an intern. But my first full-time job was halfway through my senior year. I was – the executive assistant to a president of a very large company, which I will not name. That's interesting. Yeah. Such a young age. Yeah. I was an executive assistant on paper, but realistically in the office, I was a personal assistant. That's how I was treated. But that was my first corporate job. There was nothing like getting your first desk and laptop. (gasps) Oh, Oh, yeah. Your first paid for Mac. That was the thing I felt the most awful for with kids during covid like people who were just graduating and they were starting their very first jobs work from home like they couldn't go into an office for their very first day that Mm. that feeling was so exhilarating to me i had a very traditional after college and starting corporate which sounds like you yours was a little more like startup yeah mine was very askew kind of weird actually i started interning when i was 18 at a what was at the time a production studio um but i was doing a really good job and the actual producers that have been working there for a long time were kind of tired of their job and not really doing it anymore so they all got let go and I got promoted to lead that department so yeah I kind of like dove into that one head first when I was really young wait where did you go to college I (laughs) where do you want to (laughs) know um I went to college on iTunes U and I stole college from UCLA and USC that is a fabricated sentence I was gonna say is that but I uh, used to quote air quotes 
go to lecture halls once I figured out the schedule for the classes that I was interested in and just show up and go. Oh, my God. You little sneak. Yeah. (laughs) And back at the time, like, iTunes U was a thing. Now it's like Coursera, but they had Harvard, Yale, Stanford, courses on all sorts of things for free. Are you saying iTunes U? Yes. Like like iTunes? iTunes. Like when I used to pay 99 cents to buy a song? Yes. (gasps) Yes. The days. Um, So I've taken courses from all of those places for free, which is great. Learned what I needed to know and have no student debt. I mean, I got to tell you. I learned nothing in any of my classes at FIT. I learned everything from my internships. All the experience that I had is how I gained all of my knowledge, professional and the street smarts that I gained just by being around these women mostly because I was in fashion. So all the bosses that I had and everything, like just being around them and soaking in everything that I possibly could, that's how I became the person I am today, for sure. The good and the bad. Learning how to overcome these obstacles as well as emulate some of the people that I admired, which was far and few between. But there were a lot of people who taught me some lessons by not the most PC way, maybe by making me cry. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's still a thing. Like I feel like when we were entering the workforce, that was kind of the way of oh yeah way of the world, and now everything's a lot more. Well, I don't say everything because it depends on where you work, right? But I feel like nowadays most people and companies are just so terrified of being canceled and terrified of people making a TikTok about their work experience. Yeah, no one was getting exposed. Yeah, they were doing whatever they wanted, um, which is why you and I have so many interesting experiences in places that we've worked. Yeah. and before Me Too happened, I will say like. I was dealt a handful of cards just like that where you had to tiptoe around. And it still happens, of course, to me this day, and we can talk about this more, where you are getting hit on by a boss or a client or someone that you don't want to upset and you have to, I don't want to say play into it, but just kind of like smile and brush it off, which is unfortunate. I'm not saying you have to. Like there's been plenty of times where I've been like, hey – don't speak to me this way but i do know that that's going to damage my relationship with this person because they're not getting their ego stroked that's just kind of the reality we have the fear of like don't bite the hand that feeds you Mm -hmm. so instead of sticking up for yourself or instead of calling them on their shit we smile and laugh and feel uncomfortable and walk away and then go tell someone (laughs) tell our tell our work wives about it i definitely think that people need to be speaking up more because No matter what happens to you, at the end of the day, it's your integrity. And like, will you look back on your career and say, I wish I said something? And if you feel that you would, then fucking do it. This is awful. And I love my dad. He's a he's a woman supporter, woman cheerleader. But he always made a joke for me. Like when I got into college, I did the in-person interview. And he always made a joke that was like, you probably wouldn't have gotten in if you didn't do the in-person interview. Oh, my God. And I was like, That was his joke of calling me dumb rather than saying it was just for my looks. But I also – I know how to sell myself and I know how to engage and and talk. And that a lot of the times – I know you do too. You're the same way. A lot of times men think that that comes off as flirting or something. Everyone sells themselves when they go into an interview. That's what you're doing. You are selling your skill set. You're selling your personality. You're selling your value add to the workspace. And unfortunately, a lot of people think, oh, pretty girl knows how to talk to me, is engaging. That must mean she's flirting. Right. And that's where it's like, no. It's hard. You fucking asshole. We are just trying to get a job. <laughs> We're just trying to get <laughs> paid. But you know what? I think the funniest thing is about it all 
is that I have had the most issues in the workplace with other women. And it hasn't been, you know, they're making a pass at me, but it's the threat. They immediately feel threatened when an attractive person who has their shit together, is very experienced, can hold themselves in a boardroom, can outrun a lot of people at the company. It's when they're faced with that and they all of a sudden make it impossible for you. And I've run into this situation three or four times in my career. I bopped around jobs a lot. And a lot of times it was because of my relationship with my boss. And my boss was a female because, like I said, I was in fashion forever. And I had so many bosses who just treated me like shit because they were threatened by me. And I was doing so well and they thought I was coming Mm -hmm. for their job. And realistically, I was. I was absolutely fucking coming for their job. But you know what? (laughs) I always go by this analogy. I don't remember what the exact quote is. But it's like – Two flowers can bloom right next to each other and both be just as pretty and healthy and blooming and and beautiful inside and out. One does not take away from the other. No, there's enough success to go around the table. And I think that's a lot of, you know, insecure women's issues. I think it's also because it's a lot harder for women to advance in majority of, of workplaces, right? So when they get to this point of success, like my one of my previous bosses was a very powerful woman who could command a room but she would go overboard a lot of the time and I really do feel it's though because she felt like she had to in order to be respected a few years ago I was fundraising with different VCs and I met with men and I really wanted a woman so I found a few they were incredibly hard to get meetings with compared to the others and when I did they were just so brash and harder on you harder and i get i think that's because of the way that they had to climb their way to where they are that they feel like they and this is a generalization but some women feel like they have to go overboard and really act cold and make other people pay the dues because they're like yes oh my god i paid the dues you need to pay the dues it's like can we just lift each other up And I mean, there's nothing better than being a successful person's mentor. If someone is successful and they make it to the top in whatever industry they're in, whatever lane that they're in, and you were the person that brought them there, they take you with them. Mm-hmm. Like in even in the sense of just being lifelong friends and being people that you can rely on and networking. And usually if they're not someone who steps on people to get to the top, it's not forgotten. And yeah. the bosses that I have had – two in particular that were female, I would cry at work Mm. all the time. And the first one, she put the fear of God in me. And she taught me – I hate even to say that she taught me because I'm so angry at her for treating me the way that she did. But I learned how to not take no for an answer. And I learned that through the shit that she would put me through. I have one insane story. I call it my J.K. Rowling manuscript story. If you've (laughs) ever seen Devil Wars Prada, that's – what I'm referring to. I was basically her personal assistant, even though I was an executive assistant. And she had a 15-year-old daughter and she calls me up one day, my boss, and let's call the daughter Millie. She's like, Millie needs the Yeezys. I need you to go pick them up from opening ceremony. And I was like, okay, um, those aren't released for another three days. She didn't call me up. Actually, she called me into her office. This was in person. She looks me in the eyes and she goes, do not come back unless you have those Yeezys in your hand. And I was like, okay. And I turned around and I went down to Soho and I went to opening ceremony and I looked at the guy and I was like, hey, I'm picking up the Yeezys under this name. Um, I need them now. 
And he was like, those aren't released for three days. He laughed in my face. And I was like, okay, well, my boss told me that I'm not allowed to come back unless I have them in my hand. So you're giving them to me or I'm not leaving. And I don't know what, if it was the look in my eye or what, how he knew that I was so serious. He went back and got the easiest for me. He dead ass looks, looks at me and goes, you need to call an Uber. I don't even know if Ubers existed at the time. I think I had to call a car service. He goes, you need to call a car service. He was like, do not go on the subway. Do not talk to anyone. Do not show anyone. He was like, I'm going to put it in a different bag because you will get shot. Oh. And I was like, Jesus. Oh, okay. And I did it. And I got to keep my job. But like, what the fuck? Is it bad that I kind of love her for that? I think she was, I, look, but I she, love her for she that. She thought if, she was Anna Wintour. If her intention was to teach you. No. To not take no, no for an this answer. this wasn't like that episode of That's a Raven with the flower arrangement, which I always <laughs> refer to in my life. Have you ever seen that episode? I probably. She I makes remember. her redo the flowers a million times. And she's like, why do you keep having me redo the flowers? At the end, she reveals that it was a lesson. And it was about balance and this and being meticulous. That's not what this lady was doing. I'm not saying I encourage her behavior. But I am a big proponent of looking back at some of the craziest life experiences that I've had and being like, Thank God, because that kind of gave me right. But it's lucky that I was able to yes, to take that's very the lesson true. out of the misery. Otherwise, yeah. I could have just resented her and like been angry about it. Well, you but, should still resent her. Yeah, there's a million stories. That was a woman that was scorned, and she even told me once she was like, "I was an assistant when I was 21. My boss made me go get her an apartment and sign a lease for her." So if you have been through this, why are you putting why me are you doing this? it again? Um, my aunt was a personal assistant when she was younger to a huge Hollywood producer and he lived in Laurel Canyon and he called her one day and he said, how insane is this? He called her at like, wait, Laurel Canyon for anyone who doesn't know is in the hills of Los Angeles and it's kind of hard to get to. Yeah. It's hard to get to also coyotes and things. Um, but it was night. Hence why I'm talking about the wildlife that's in the L.A. canyons. And he called her and he said, Grandpa can't sleep. Weird. His grandpa or he's no, no, no. calling Referring himself. to himself. Cool. Cool. And then he says, there's a dog howling in the canyon and I need sleep. Come find it and shut it up in the next hour or you are Fired, hung up, no room for questions, no room for where in the canyon. She gets there, it's a coyote, and she has to drive through the canyon. She's just honking her horn. She really did it. I mean, she wanted to keep her job. That just goes to show. You go through that moment of, what will I do if I <laughs> if I don't do this? Like, I would have to get another job. And if it was a big Hollywood producer, it's like she knew what was at stake. And mm-hmm. like, same with me. It was like a very big company. In fashion, and I was honored to be working there. Yeah. And I was not going to take no for an answer. Oh. It's that playing with fear that people... It's like being hazed. Although I do notice it from the other end as well. There are some women that I've opened a lot of doors for and helped and really taken under my wing that have stabbed me in the back at the first opportunity, which is frustrating oh. too. Yeah. I don't know what it is about stepping on anybody to get where you want to go as fast as you can. Yeah. But. I know. My mom, when I was younger, always told me, when I say I was younger, I mean like 24, 25, when I was working corporate, she would literally be like, no one is your friend at Mm -hmm. the office. She was like, you cannot trust anybody. And she just was hammering that into me. She's like, get close. Don't get too close. You know, and, and I totally agree with her. There were so many times where 
you think you're just dishing at the water cooler and it turns into so-and-so said this, that you did this and all of a sudden you're in HR. And it's like, no. what the fuck? Number one piece of advice that I could give to anybody working in corporate startup, whatever you can be friendly with your coworkers. Do not be friends with your coworkers. Yeah. Keep the gossip to yourself because it will travel quickly. And exactly what you just said. It's better to not get involved in office politics. Totally. You have to, unfortunately, stay neutral, especially nowadays where everything is talked about, everything's written down, recorded. I mean, I will say three of my best friends are all from jobs. But a lot of it was because we were in such a toxic work environment that mm-hmm. we found each other. And trauma like, really, Yeah, trauma buddies, literally. Like we, we found each other as a support system. Were you ever in a corporate environment in an office or you were always at startups? I was primarily at startups. And then I did work at a marketing agency during the pandemic. But that was all – Work from home. Yeah, I met some of my coworkers at various happy hours. But it was all work from home. Yeah. So I've never had – I've had – in-office experiences with startups only. I honestly found there was such an adjustment period when everything went remote because I'd never been remote before. I'd only been in-office corporate. And when we went remote, it was so hard to slack with people because you didn't know how they spoke or how they typed. Mm. And I was like, this person's attacking me. But it's like, that's just how they type. It created this crazy new dynamic. Yeah, it's like texting. Like, what's the tone here? Yeah, actually, I was getting off a Zoom with somebody earlier, and I had asked them to do something, and they were ending the call, and I heard them go, oh, God. <gasps> oh, my God. And it's just a reminder that you really need to be careful about what you're saying on totally. Zoom, how you're phrasing things on Slack, and you never know. And I've done that a handful of times, too. I've been, like, shut in and been like, oh, I'm so tired, or, oh, I don't want to do this right now, and who knows if anybody's caught the end of that. I've totally been on mute and on no camera and gone to the bathroom. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you remember during the pandemic when people were getting caught on accident? Just letting it all out? That's my favorite. That was so funny. One of my worst fears. It still is one of my worst fears. Constantly checking if I'm on mute, if my camera's on or off. All the time. Okay, here's a question. Have you – kind of going back to the topic of flirting in the workspace Mm -hmm. and and feeling like you were – sexualized maybe mm-hmm. have you ever had any situations where you've witnessed sexual harassment or been a part of that i feel like every girl you ask every woman you ask everyone has a story which is so fucked sure. up i bet you have one too i do story. you show me my, yours i'll show you mine okay ready here's <laughs> yeah. my sorry this is not a joke this is very serious we're trying to make light of a heavy situation i laugh when i'm uncomfortable so same i'm like the chandler in the room i'll just make uncomfortable sarcastic jokes the whole time yeah yep um To sum it up, I was really young, so that's a preface as to why I joined this startup to begin with. Somebody approached me that I had met in the tech space, and they told me that they were developing an app. This is at the time when I was still going out to clubs in LA, so early 20s. And they told me that they wanted to create an app that allowed women to be invited out by other female promoters so that there was never a table that you had to go to anymore. It was like a gross guy that's going to roofie you and that you could just have fun oh, with no. other girls. Is ironic that this man started this? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. So the whole idea was the promoter gets paid, the girls sign up to which one they want to go out with, kind of like a social media app. It was a great idea in the theory. I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, everybody getting like Jillian Maxwell vibes. <sighs> they asked me to go out to a few of these events and I noticed that 
it was literal sugar daddies with Russian models. And I was like, um, excuse me, <laughs> where are all the young, cool female promoters that you guys have been talking about? I'm really confused about what this 87-year-old man is doing here. And they're like, oh, well, this is my business partner. Then I started to really question what was going on to the CEO and to the other heads that I was working with. And I was told, oh, like, just these are just like work dinners, blah, blah, blah. The app was never getting developed. The CEO was apparently still taking girls on the app that had signed up to go with other girls out with these men. And I was in charge. beta. Here's Jesus. Literally. So I started getting reports from women that would go out with them saying that they were being harassed. And I was the one who had to go to the CEO who was harassing them and be like, this is not okay. I'm quitting. This is insane. I told everybody delete the app, like don't use it. He got sued and the board fired him. It was this whole ordeal. Anyway, this man was such a predator that he created an entire app. To to pray. Yeah, really crazy. Fuck. I'm all for the networking dinners and everything, but honestly, that's when shit goes down. Yeah. That's my my experience as well was also at a dinner thing that happened. It's such a reminder. A, you should never be the drunkest person. Oh, my God. No. At any work event, at any party, whether it's a large company party or whatever, you limit yourself one to two drinks. Please. Like, you do not embarrass yourself. Everyone is watching. Sure, you want to be fun, but like – Mm-mm. You'll get a lot more praise and recognition being the person that kept their shit together because I will tell you that if anyone is the drunkest person, they are talked about forever. 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 No, forever. people don't forget. People it doesn't matter forget. if there's an open bar, if there's endless bottles of wine being ordered, if yep. your boss is drunk, do not. And yep. plus you'll learn more and you'll remember more totally. about everybody. And you so. can actually network and build relationships. Yes. I had nothing to do with what I was going to say, but just I just wanted to <laughs> disclaim that. Huge like, Anyone point. who's like starting out in the workspace, these dinners are a privilege to be at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a great opportunity for you to become closer with the higher ups and like let them know that you've got personality and, you know, but you must hold your own. I was on a work trip for a photo shoot and a lot of models, a lot of photographers and everyone was getting really close. And the the company was a family-run business. So the founders, the CEOs, the CMO, and the CEO, all like parents, son, sister, like all extremely involved. Um, and so the son was my boss. He was the CMO. And we were out. Everyone was getting drunk. I was a little young. I probably got a little too drunk too. This other employee who had nothing to do with the photo shoot was invited to come out to the shoot. Mm. And that was a two-hour ride from where we were based. And she was beautiful. She is beautiful. And she had just started at the company. And I had started probably like two months earlier. And the CMO always kind of like gave me weird vibes. I would just feel his eyes on me. And I would look over and he would just be staring at me. Just really uncomfortable. But even the first day when I went to interview, I interviewed with his dad. He was like, let let me go get my son because he'll be your boss. He goes over to him. Then he calls me out. He's got my resume in his hand like this. And he's talking to me and kind of hitting on me. And he was like, so what are you doing here? And I was like, I think you're about to interview me. And he was like, oh, this is you? I was like, yeah. Like, why did you think we were speaking right now? Like, he was straight up hitting on me. So he had this, like, history. So anyways, fast forward. We're now on this trip. He invites this new meet out who he all of a sudden took an interest in. And it was this whole thing. And so we're sitting out at this bonfire. And all of a sudden he starts being like, I bet you like really rough sex. 
she's so uncomfortable she's not engaging and not entertaining it he starts talking about the size of his dick stop and that she couldn't handle it well stop we're all sitting there we're all listening you're all there we're all listening and and i'm not listening we're all interjecting we're like you can't say that the production crew these men are like stop stop are they laughing no no everyone was like this is really uncomfortable and her and i were actually rooming together so she was like can you take me back to the room and i was like absolutely and this other guy came with us to walk us back and make sure we're okay he follows us Ew, and oh is God. screaming at her across the lobby, come back to my room, come like, let's <gasps> hang he out. Drunk? So, yeah, he was wasted. But this is the CMO of the company. He's our boss. No, no excuse. No. I'm just like. Yeah, it was disgusting. And I'm like turning around and yelling at him being like, fuck off. And sure as shit, I got fired about three weeks later. And there was no wow. direct correlation there was nothing on paper there was it was i was a temp to perm position but i just thought it was very funny the audacity to say that in front of entire crew the rest of your company and that it made everyone so uncomfortable to the point where another man had to walk you guys for safety back to your room and it's belittling too it's like to have to to have to sit there and listen to a man speak to you that way Mm -hmm. and talk about you and what you would like during it was no so disgusting it, it was awful. Yeah. So that yeah. was like the worst thing I've ever experienced. Luckily, it wasn't to, to me directly, but like I was sitting right there and I knew I could just feel the tension in the air. Yeah. And, it's, and it's like, it Stuff just happens. Me so angry. Yeah. There's a, I don't want to disclose too much either, but there's someone in my circle professionally who owns a company that I work with. And. L- it's not co- anywhere in comparison to that story, but little comments about uh, wanting to date me or how beautiful he thinks I am or wanting to travel with me and I should just break up with my boyfriend to the point where I've been like, hey, I need you to respect my relationship. Yeah. We're friends. I get it. But what you're doing is making like, let's just not. Yeah. Um, but then it's just played off as a joke. And if I get a little bit, he'll probably watch this. Hi, sorry. Just a reminder. <laughs> it's annoying because well, it's disrespectful. It's, it's like, disrespectful on two levels. One, I want to be your friend. Why can we not just be friends? Yeah. And two, you're making me feel like if I don't play into this, I am damaging our friendship and professional relationship because I'm not. Or that you could lose a client potentially. It's this sense of like, why do you feel entitled mm-hmm. to this? behavior you think that you own me because i work for you and you think that you can speak to me this way i think it just becomes a game to some men and power when you say i don't want you they're like i'll make you want me yeah or the back of mind mentality of that she can't go anywhere because she wants this job so it's almost they can't they can do no wrong in their minds yeah because you're not not going to go anywhere anywhere. you know you won't you won't bite the hand that feeds you but i think what we need to empower a lot of women to do more women to do is is speak up i want everyone to be cognizant of their career and i think everything needs to be done in a very smart way but the best advice i can give is document document everything that you can write down the instances any emails make everything have a paper trail anything can be said over the phone paper trail this is like such a heavy topic i have so much to say on it everyone's going to meet obstacles everyone's going to meet people that they don't like but you have to keep your goal in mind Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think that's part of what contributes 
to most of my successes is having a bit of tunnel vision and not, like I said, not getting involved with office politics or too involved with my coworkers. I have done that in the past. I have become friends with coworkers and I'm not saying you should never do it, but watch what you're saying and who you're trusting when it comes to working with any one man or woman who can cause a little bit of trouble your way, gracefully going around it while also having a backbone, sticking up for yourself. Yeah. Makes others around you respect you. Yeah. Tunnel vision and doing it in spite. (laughs) Success is the best revenge. The best revenge. Like all those bosses that never thought that I'd go anywhere. I mean, actually, I don't think any of my bosses ever thought I wouldn't go anywhere because that's why they were threatened by me. But you know, some of them were threatened. I have other ones that were my biggest cheerleaders and they knew I was going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many people in, in my life professionally that I have come into contact with that I want to now just be like, ha <laughs> I got to do that once. One of my very first bosses was, he was a nice guy for the most part and I really enjoyed working for the company. But I had pitched a show to them and I didn't like the deal terms. So my partners and I pitched it to MTV and some other networks that had interest. And he took me aside without my partners who were males. He waited until they were not in that day and said, I own your show. I own the concept. I own everything. And if you don't give it to us, you're in trouble. And I was like, hmm. Where? That's interesting. (laughs) If it's one thing I have, it's the audacity. At 18, I looked at him and I said, okay, so I have a question. If I drafted up a document that said that I own this company, your company, and you didn't sign it, do I still own it? (laughs) And he sat there in silence. And then we stopped working together. I started my swim line and I did an article with Teen Vogue at the time. And I told them like that was my villain origin story. That's how I got started. And they could read it in fucking Vogue. So, wow. Don't let don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. That's the moral of the story from my part. There's there's no better revenge. And also do it for yourself. Do it for that girl, that boy, whoever that had their first day of work. I was so excited to get their first company laptop. Do it for that person. No. <laughs> Your 11-year-old self, too. 